Welcome to this edition of Startup Nation. We're focused today on cyber insurance. We've got Michael Spath from the Cabinet Group. Michael, you guys have brought along a subject matter expert on cybersecurity insurance. You know, it's one of those things where a lot of businesses may say, ah, that's something I'll think about next year. You know, probably not me, right? Probably not small business. They're probably only going after the big guys. But the reality is, man, first of all, when this happens, it can be catastrophic. Bring your business down kind of thing, number one. And number two, the statistics show that it is hitting small business now more than ever before, especially with people working from home and everything else. Tee this up for us. We need some help. We need some guidance. Yeah, yeah. I'm very excited to the uh, the two guests that we have here today. But it's interesting because everybody thinks about like if a business burns down, you know, you know, like the fire is a actual risk out there. But cyber cyber attacks and ransomware attacks can very much just think of it as a fire that is burning your building down. It's just happening to your security, your your infrastructure, your uh, all your software, all those things like that. Uh, frankly, in many ways, it can be worse than a fire. Some things can withstand a fire or be saved from fire. <laughs> listen, they bring your business down this way. They can t- take command over the business, right? Hold it for ransom. Destroy it in and, an instant. And, and absolutely. And where are you going to go from there once your business has been attacked? And so, uh, yes, to talk about it here, joining me from Cabinet Insurance Group uh, in our specialty risk department, Vice President Melissa Selke. Um, so very excited to talk to Melissa. And then from Unishippers, uh, a franchise owner, Dave Stavali. Uh, actually, Dave and I go way, way back, um, probably to when we were 14 years old, grew up together. Wow. Uh, and so connected recently, and he's got a lot going on on the business side, an opportunity to talk to him. Um, but Melissa, I, I kind of want to start with you just because, you know, when you look about it, and, and that question that that Jeff asked, you know, like, why should I, why should I even pay attention? Why should I care about this? I am not a Fortune 500 company. I am, uh, you know, not a publicly traded company. I am just the mom and pop shop down the street. Where's my risk? Why is someone going right, to come after me? They're not going to bother me. They're yeah. going to waste their time yeah, on me. Who cares what do I have that they want? Right. Yeah, they're going to come right after you because they don't think you're paying attention to this because of the exact conversation that we're having right now. I'm too small. Nobody pays attention to me. Well, guess what? They're focusing on you specifically as a small business, and it's time that we start fighting back and being proactive in this regard because you you are seen as a small business as somebody who isn't focusing on cybersecurity, who doesn't have a dedicated IT professional, who's allocating resources elsewhere, who's extra creative and is outselling your new product or your new service and isn't focusing on cyber risks when the cyber criminals are targeting you specifically. Yeah. Well, first, let me break this down. The first line of defense is to have some sort of cyber security in place, right? So that you work with your IT company, that's, you guys would recommend that number one. But those things, especially at a small business level, can be breached. They are from time to time. And that's, and in the, either in the, A, in the absence of having some sort of, you know, either firewall or VPN or the other things, you know, to help you keep from having the attack in the first place, whether they breach it, whether you don't have the protection and they get through, cybersecurity insurance does what for me? What is it? What do I get for what I, when I purchase cyber and security insurance? We need to understand what that is and what it does for me. Yes, you get so much. And let's think about an attack. Let's think about a breach. And let's go through the process just really quickly. First, you're going to have a breach of your system. Maybe it's a ransomware attack. Maybe it's just somebody, you, you can tell that there's malware in your system and yeah. somebody has access to your system. And a ransomware, excuse me, I just want to make this really clear because I want to make sure people understand this out there. Ransomware is where they literally come in, they take control, they seize control of your digital assets, could be your financial, whatever you've got out there in the cloud, whatever you've got on your internal company, computers, laptops, whatever this stuff is digitally, wherever it's stored, they can take control of it. Even your website. 
so that you can't do business anymore or that you can't manage and operate your business anymore. They take control of it. Then they say, if you want it back, you got to pay me X. Exactly. Okay, and that's now, ransomware. And what are you going to do? You're going to need some help. First, you're going to need some legal guidance. So you're already starting to pay for legal guidance right off the bat. Then you're going to need a forensic analyst to help you through this situation. You're going to need a negotiator. You're going to probably, you may end up paying the ransom. Maybe not, but you may pay the ransom. You are going to be losing revenue while your business is shut down. So yep. you're not making any money. You're shut down. You're dealing with this ransomware attack. You're losing money. You may be losing customers who realize that you right. had this attack. So now you're losing customers. Well, guess what the insurance pays for? The legal guidance. It pays for the notification costs to let people know that you've been breached. It lets you set up credit monitoring for those people so that they can watch their credit for the next couple years. It pays for public relations because you're going to have a reputation to defend. And guess what? You're probably going to lose a contract or two after the breach. And the insurance pays for that as well. It's called reputational loss. Yep. Most importantly, it's going to pay for your revenue loss. So lost while, business. Lost yeah. business. Yeah, so yeah. while you're shut down, you're going to have this revenue stream coming in from your insurance. And you're going to have a whole team of vendors helping you, the forensic analysts, et cetera, because you don't have that in-house. You're a small business. You're focusing on your art. You don't have all of these people lined up. And you, the insurance just gives those to you, these vendors, and all of that breach response. In the worst case, does it pay the ransom? It pays the ransom. So even that, I mean, my God, you know, that's what you get. Yeah, real bang for the buck, or there it is right there. And it's always changing a little bit based off of industry numbers, but, you know, a lot of these ransomware payments, I think the most recent one that we just wrote about was around, you know, $220,000 um, of a ransomware payment. And so you've got all these other costs, and then if you if if it comes down to it, and then you come down like, hey, I'm going to actually pay this to get my get control back. Well, now you're looking at, as a smaller, medium-sized business, $220,000 in a ransomware payment. The average is over 300000 now. Oh, I mean, so that's how it quickly it changes because there's more and more cyber attacks that are taking place. And don't forget, too, the criminals have switched from just locking up your system to actually taking your data. So they're exfiltrating your data as well and using it. And the insurance will pay for you to reconstruct all of that lost data. And other kinds of attacks it covers. I mean, I stopped you because I wanted to be clear on what ransomware was. You were about to give us a list of other things, other nefarious things that can happen that cybersecurity insurance will help cover there's, and, and mitigate? There's so much, and that's a great question, because right now everyone's focused on ransomware because it's where the criminals have pivoted because we've blocked a lot of other areas for them to right. to, to And people have us. become wise to things like phishing and other things. I'm not going to give my credentials in the an credit email. Card. Right, right, exactly. Exactly. So your system can be shut down in other ways, not just ransomware attacks. You could have what's called a denial of service attack, where you're just flooded with so much information in the form of emails or other data that it overwhelms your system and shuts you down and your customers can't access your system. There's also just the basic necessity that you are holding other people's personally identifiable information. So you are at risk, and it, it's your employee. I don't care if it's not a customer's credit card number. You've got employees' information. You've got applicants for employment. You have all of that in your system, and you're responsible for it. So if that's breached or lost in any way or accessed in any way, then the insurance steps in that's considered a breach. Let me let me bring Dave in here because I want to talk about Unishippers, but I, I was kind of uh, thinking about a scenario, and Dave, you'll appreciate this because of the era we grew up in. And um, does anyone remember the movie Tommy Boy? Um, <laughs> Tommy Boy, starring Chris Farley, worked at a plant, I believe, in Ohio yep. uh, that manufactured you know machine parts and for for cars. And the 
at the end of the movie, they end up sending all of the, they make all these sales to save the business and they end up sending them all the wrong place. Right. <laughs> and so here's Dave, he works for, uh, he's a franchise owner for a shipping company. And imagine if someone took control of your internal and you've got customer A in Detroit and customer B in Traverse City and customer C in Chicago, and they just start mixing those all up and they're sending them all over the place. How does that impact your business? Well, we, everybody, uh, you know, supply chain is in the news now. So predominantly that's a, that's a pretty serious supply chain issue that, uh, that hits home. You know, I think it, it's interesting to hear all that about the ransomware and the cyber, uh, cybersecurity and everything. I think Unishippers is part of a larger, you know, $5 billion company based in Dallas. So we have a lot of that sort of big tech, uh, those muscles mm-hmm, to hopefully right, save right. us from, from some of this, but then, I run my own franchise out of my basement. And now you're making me think about a lot of these other little things. There's the opportunity. I hate to say it this way, but there's the opportunity for the bad guys right there. Absolutely. Right. I mean, just, just what I got from Best Buy a year and a half ago doesn't make me feel as comfortable after, (laughs) after this conversation. Um, But no, you know, I think it's um, in terms of what we do and and what we focus on, there are some similarities from, from what um, I've heard so far today. And that's, um, I actually just left a conversation 30 minutes ago where companies say, okay, we are, the landscape has changed so much in the last 18 to 24 months, and we need to launch our e-commerce program, or we need to get into this shopping application and, and this card and do all these things. Amazon has changed the expectations of society of, of what humans expect, and that's quick delivery. But how do you get quick delivery with with an affordable price? And and that's a big part of, of what we focus on with with UPS. Yeah, I mean it's great stuff, and it, what it shows is too is that you know what I what I appreciate about Dave adding this is is saying you know here is this big company, but within the big company there are smaller pieces of that. That how much are you responsible? I mean, as a franchise owner, how much of the logistics, how much of the e-commerce, how much of everything falls on your shoulders that, you know, yes, you have a big entity overlooking you, but they're not bailing you out for everything. No, no. I mean, ultimately, um, I don't care how big, how small, what your business is, people are going to do business with you because of you. And if, if it's not, um, whether it's a website being down, a website being unsecure, a migration, right? We're going through a a very large um, migration right now. That's a, a five-year project, uh, and obviously a, a massive investment of our next-gen technology. And if that doesn't work, uh, or if there's hiccups to it, ultimately it falls on you as a as a small business owner. So it's a it's a very easy parallel, and uh, hopefully it goes smooth. Well, listen, let me ask you this question because he just brought up something. You know, here's a franchise, uh, consider essentially a small business of a bigger entity. And so, what are how are the cyber risks different, maybe by the size? of a business. Um, you know, I know our, our colleague, Doug Miller just wrote about, you know, some of the fortune 500s, we do think more about cyber attacks than ransomware, but are there different, are, are, is a small business being attacked in a different way than a medium sized business than a, and then a larger business or are all of them kind of being attacked in the same way? They're all being attacked in the same way right now. And I think it's because there are so many criminals who go to work every day and this is their business and they're not going to sleep until they crack through somebody's door. So they are going after every size company. And I don't really feel like the risks are different as far as the attack. The result of the attack is a lot different because if you're a small company, you're going down. Exactly. It could be catastrophic. You're done. Right. It's a kill the company risk exactly. for you. Um, Target had a humongous uh, breach that we would think it was a huge, And they can a large survive breach. that. It may be it a was hit, nothing. but they can survive that. Or, was, or as you're saying, even qualified as quote unquote nothing. Exactly. But to a small business, as you were just saying, and I wanted to underscore that, it's the end. 
it's the end of your company. Um, you might not be holding a ton of data, so you may not have the same risk that a large company is who has tons and tons of people's information. I say PII, we were talking acronyms, PII, personally identifiable information. Everybody's got that. They're holding your social security number. They're holding your bank account number to get your paycheck in there, things like that. So you might not have, as a small business, as many data points, but you still have some and, and it's going to take you down. You mentioned that sometimes, and I'm aware of this, and I know cases of this, where sensitive information, customer data, customer credit cards, and other things can be taken and used inappropriately and criminally. Does cyber insurance protect me against, say, lawsuits from the market, too, that may come my way as a result of, you know, a claim? Thank you so much for asking that. Yes, it does. And we never talk about it anymore because we're so worried about ransom payments. We're so worried about breach responders. It pays if you're sued. It's very unlikely that you are going to be sued. And I and I say that lightly. Um, I think it's between 5 and 10% chance of being sued. The insurance will pay for the defense costs and the indemnity. It's just really tricky to tie your breach to that person's loss. Yeah. So in a legal yeah. environment, you yeah. have to have causation. Yeah. But it's expensive even to defend yourself. If it, so if it, expensive. Right, right. And, you, and that helps. Okay, so the benefit is clear. Can you guys frame out a little bit about what the costs are? I know that's a little bit hard because it's, you know, circumstantial account by account. But just generally, what does something like this cost? Yeah, I mean, that's the, I always get asked that. and Well, it's a cost-benefit analysis, it, right? It, I mean, it it's is. a business decision. What I always, what we always kind of focus on is a little more of like, what does it cost you, but what do you get out of it? In the past, I'll go through a lot of policies that are five, 10 years old, and there's $50,000 cyber written in as part of a business owner's policy. To have $50,000, I mean, you really have nothing. It's going to track your revenue. It's also going to track your security uh, protocols that you have in place. So there's a very detailed process that we need to go through with our clients and find out what controls do you have in place? What are you holding? And it might sound like um, a lot of work for the client at that time, but it's a huge eye-opener to them when they see what they're holding and what is at risk and how it can be taken from them. So I would say to Michael's point, they have $50,000 in their business owner's um, insurance policy. The only thing they're getting is a false sense of security. Yeah, you're asking for a number. I know that we do our hardest to avoid a number. I will say that I have written a lot of these policies in the last six months for small businesses of a million dollars in coverage for around five thousand okay, dollars in premium. That's all, I just—that's a ballpark. That's that, that's an idea. And like, some of them are twenty five hundred, and some of them are seventy five hundred. Yeah. But I would use that average of five thousand for a yeah. small business of a million dollar coverage. So here's the bottom line: we know the risk is huge, can be catastrophic for small business owners. For five thousand dollars a year, million dollars of protection covers it more than covers an average of a three hundred thousand dollar average ransomware circumstance. There it is. I'm in. <laughs> and by the yeah. way, by the way, for those listening, we are in. We're, we're, we're yeah, getting you, the insurance from you right now at Startup Nation. For just that reason, listen, we run our business, startupnation.com, on the internet. We're mm -hmm. out there. All, everything's digital, of course. Mm -hmm. We would have no business if our website were hijacked. Absolutely. We would have no business. No, you're, you're like that uh, hair club for men advertisement, <laughs> well, right? Like you're not just a Minus promoter. a few zeros on the back you're end. Also, right. Right. You're also right. a subscriber. Right. Let me ask you this question. I want to ask this of Dave too for <laughs> Unishippers um, because it's, it's one question I get asked a lot is like, at what point should you reach out to uh, your insurance agent and, and ask about this? And to your business, Dave, you know, when a company is starting, maybe they're a brick and mortar business and they're starting to think about a lot of things. Okay. I need to do this. I need to do this. 
when does, should they be reaching out to a shipping company to understand the cost, understand the logistics of, hey, if I'm going to be shipping to customers and yes, they expect like an Amazon-like delivery service, right. when should they engage that to, to understand their business before they open up their shop? The interesting part about what we do is the net starts very wide uh, as far as casting. We really work with anybody that ships. So every business potentially has a need to do that. But I think specifically if, number one, you have a line item of shipping that's over $10,000 a year, number one. Number two, if to the example I gave earlier, if you are looking to expand your business, we talked about e-commerce, we talked about um, all the different sort of changes going on in the market. But if shipping is part of your business on a daily business uh, basis, excuse me, or you simply just need help, you know, that's really what Unishippers does, whether it's small package, right, which ties into UPS, or it's the bigger stuff, LTL, freight shipping. Uh, we didn't talk about that much today, but really one of those two things is, is our big focus. So as you see the line items start to increase, because guess what? It increases January 1st every year, the prices, right? They say it's like, just like the ball, you know, coming up on New Year's Eve, right? Shipping prices increase every year. So that's why it's always good to make sure you take a look at it. Yeah, I feel like labor lumber of the one that we all, all know, those things just increase exponentially that's seemingly right. every year. Melissa, when should someone engage with an insurance agent when it comes to their cybersecurity? Should they be doing this, uh, you know, after they've built their business? Should they be doing this before they built their business? Before, like where, what is the perfect time for someone to reach out to you or me to ask these questions? The perfect time is right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. You need to talk to your agent about this insurance and you need to go through the insurance application process and get a sense for what you're doing as far as your security posture and what changes you need to make. Because right now, you you can't even get insurance unless you have certain levels of security in place. It, it, that should tell you something. You used to always be able to buy insurance at, at a cost or with a deductible mm -hmm. in place to protect the insurance company if they thought you were risky. Now you can't even get it. So it's super important to talk to your agent right now about it. At least ask them for an application so you mm -hmm. can go through the process and do your own self-assessment and see where you need to refocus some resources. All right. Well, thanks, Melissa. So to reach us at Kapnick, you can go to Kapnick.com, K-A-P-N-I-C-K.com, um, Melissa.Selke uh, at Kapnick.com or Michael.Spath at Kapnick.com. And Dave, the best way uh, for businesses out there to reach you in Metro Detroit, but even beyond that, is, I mean, you're, you're operating here out of Metro Detroit, but you can, I mean, you've got a Fortune 500 company operating out of Denver. You can ship anywhere. So best, what's, what's the best way for people to reach you? Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's a national franchise. So I think you know, Dave Stavali on LinkedIn is, is, is definitely the best way. That's S-T-A-V as Victor, A-L-E. Uh, the website's unishippers.com. Thanks guys. Listen, insurance for business owners in particular, small business owners, just on this closing note, you know, as we know, it can be an enigmatic thing. It can be the kind of thing where, you know, I know a lot about, you know, how to uh, revenue at the top line, minus expense equals profit at the bottom line, all the basics. I know how to market on social media, you know, and do search engine optimization, all those basics. But insurance is something that a lot of us don't understand. And especially cyber insurance, you know, that's a very timely thing. We appreciate you guys educating me and the audience on the subject matter and, uh, you know, and, and, and really kind of underscoring the critical nature of it today. It's a mission critical kind of a, a line item. That's for sure. I'll add this thing because Dave said it perfectly earlier too, is that, you know, whatever, you know, your business, but there's a lot of entities, there's a lot of pieces of it, insurance, the legal side, shipping, where go find a person who you can trust, go find a person that you, um, that their personality 
you know, you believe in them and you believe that they know what they're doing and that they can help solve your problems. Cause there's so many things as a small business owner where you may not think of when you first started, you may have a great idea, but in order to be successful, there's a lot of operations. And so go find that person that you can trust, especially you can rely on because you're going to need someone who's going to help you out in every simple, every single part of your business to make it successful. Yeah. Well said. Listen, guys, thank you. Thanks, Dave, for being on, sharing your, you know, your perspectives as a small business owner. And thank you guys again for the great education. 